Hey, good afternoon, everyone. It is May 24th. It is 1 p.m. Thank you for bearing with us for our two minutes late start here on Advancement Live this afternoon. We had no audio, we had no video, we had dark cameras, but hey, now all of us are here and we are ready for an exciting one-hour episode on a topic that really is so timely right now. Everybody is talking commencement. Everybody is talking welcoming new alumni into our alumni families. And so my three guests today have some extraordinary experience with that, with working with students, working with our young alumni, working on the technology side of things. We're so lucky to have Mirko from iModules with us as well. So we really want to get into a great, let's say 45 minute, 50 minute conversation about what we all know best right now this time of the year and that is welcoming new alumni and making sure that they stay engaged for life. You are watching Advancement Live. It is part of the Higher Ed Live Network offering viewers direct access to the best and the brightest minds in education. Our live broadcasts allow viewers to share knowledge, to participate in discussions around the most important issues in our industry. And today's live viewing experience is powered by Maestro, that is the premier marketing tech platform for broadcasters. All episodes of Advancement Live are free. They're accessible in the video archives at higheredlive.com. And you can also find them in podcast form on iTunes. And again, we are so grateful to iModules. They are making this afternoon's episode possible, and we will learn more about the technology they provide throughout the course of our episode. Of course, Higher Ed Live is produced by M. Stoner, a marketing and communications firm that works with higher education institutions on branding, strategy, web design, and so much more. So I have three awesome guests joining me this afternoon, and you will see them on your screen in just a little bit. They are Olivia, Jimmy, and Mirko. Olivia is Assistant Director of Alumni Relations at Loyola University in Chicago. She oversees the Gold Board, that's graduates of the last decade, as well as affinity groups. And the Gold Board's plan is to really enhance the educational, cultural, social, and professional lives of Loyola University Chicago alumni from the past 10 years. She is a graduate of St. Norbert College, where she worked in the college's admissions office, caught the higher education bug, and she is so passionate about higher education. Olivia, we're happy to have you on the broadcast today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. And next up, we have Jimmy, who is student program coordinator at the Purdue Alumni Association. He manages the Purdue Alumni Student Experience, and we will learn a whole lot more about that. It's a paid membership group. They've got about 6,200 members, and he created and implemented a whole new program for seniors on campus that engages about 12,000 graduating seniors in social professional development. He has his BA from Purdue University. He has his Master of Science from Indiana University. And we are excited to have you on board this afternoon as well, Jimmy. Thanks for being here. Happy to join. Thank you for having me. You bet. And finally, last but not least, we have Mirko from iModules. He's Senior Account Manager and Client Consultant. Prior to joining iMods, as we refer to it here at SU, he worked at Wilkes University as Director of Alumni Relations and Annual Giving. And at iModules, Mirko consults with clients to really help all of us meet our strategic goals using the Encompass platform. He has his bachelor's degree from Drew University and his master's degree at the College of Europe. Whew! Thanks, Mirko, for being here. My pleasure. You were timely, and you were the only one who had audio work and video work, and you were like, no sweat, guys. I got this going on, right? There you go. <laughs> well, bear with me if there's a little background noise. It's roughly 85,000 degrees in my office today, so I've got the window open for a little fresh air so I don't keel over on everybody while we're talking about engaging uh, our new alumni. But we will start uh, with Jimmy, really, first up on, um, on our episode I guess, well, all of you can tell us, Jimmy and Olivia especially, but we'll start with you, Jimmy. Uh, Purdue commencement, how was that? Uh, commencement was great. It was about uh, two weeks ago, and we graduated about nine, seven to 9,000 new alumni, and it was a, a great weekend for us. Weather was uh, amazing. Had a lot of families stop by at our um, at our office, which is the Dow Alumni Center. We have a separate office on campus, a separate building really. And uh, we also, um, commencement started Friday night and went through Sunday morning. And so we had a brunch Saturday morning and Sunday morning that was very well attended. Uh, we had over, I think, 600 uh, families attend breakfast over the course of two days. And wow. we sold some memberships for the Alumni Association. So 
it was a uh, big success. Well, that is awesome. Olivia, how were things at Loyola University Chicago? They were great. Our weather was not the best, um, but our office um, actually hosts the um, receptions after each commencement. So we had six different commencements, large school, um, sort of broken out into school. Um, and then alumni relations hosts the alumni reception um, after each ceremony to welcome all the new grads and their families and welcome them into the uh, alumni association. So um, that was fun. It was fun to meet with families and, and new alumni and sort of get the bug in their ear. Um, but kind of happy it's over. <laughs> I hear you. Mirko, you arguably attended hundreds of commencements because you saw what everybody was doing <laughs> on the back end side of things. How was the experience this year going through um, on the iModule side for 2016 commencement. Any any cool things you saw some schools do or anything? I know we want to get into gathering data from our seniors. Anything that you're like, hey, everybody else needs to know what this school was doing. So first of all, I think it went really well. And we see more and more schools actively engaging students while they're still students. And then, like Olivia and Jimmy have said, through commencement weekend, I think that trend, I would say, started within the last, really, five years at a lot of schools. Uh, before it was like commencement isn't really, alumni aren't really involved in, in commencement and then three weeks later or three months later when students are loaded into the offline database, that's when alumni relations starts paying attention. So the trend has definitely been let's get them engaged while they're students ideally and then also be involved in commencement activities so it just makes that transition so much smoother. Awesome. And then, of course, I know we did it on our end, and I'm sure Jimmy and Olivia as well. We talked about this a little bit in a prior episode, but it's so important when you talk about engaging your new alumni, being able to reach them. Um, how did you see, we'll start with you, Mirko, schools finding that contact information for those seniors who are now transitioning into being alumni? Any, any best practices on that side of things? Absolutely. So I think the key thing is focusing on trying to get that information while they're still on campus. Because once they're off campus, they're much less likely to engage with you and provide updated contact information. So what I've seen, it's a mix of approaches. Some schools, um, the alumni office is actually part of a farewell, senior farewell program where seniors have to go from office to office to office and get signatures or get approvals. And if the alumni relations office or alumni association can be part of that, that's an ideal way to quote unquote force the senior class to provide contact information. If that's not possible on your campus though, there are obviously other ways to do that through events that you're holding um, throughout their senior year, things at commencement. I think one of the critical things from our perspective is that you gather non-institutional email addresses. And why is that? Well, I think there are a couple reasons. So I mean, for one, students don't always continue to check institutional email addresses. I think we've seen that. Even if you have email for life, uh, and if you don't put a focus on your non-institutional email address, they'll give you their school's email address when they fill out the information and then stop using it three weeks later. And you really have lost that opportunity to engage with them online. Olivia and uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you, Olivia. How does your office make sure, because your role especially, I mean, these are your peeps, your graduates of the last 10 years. Like, you got to keep them connected. So how do you go about doing that from the commencement process into when they become alumni? Yeah, so we sort of had um, one route that we did last year, and this year we sort of implemented a second route. So we did two this year. Um, we started these things called senior meetings, I think similar to kind of what Mirko was talking about, like off your checklist type thing. Um, so we didn't require seniors to attend these senior meetings. They were just um, offered and we really pushed them and had people spread the word and all that kind of stuff just to get them out to understand um, what alumni relations can provide to you and what it means to be an alum. Um, just sort of baseline information about you know your next steps in life. And in those meetings, which we had a pretty good turnout, um, even though they weren't required, um, and we sort of let them know that our information is only as good as what you provide to us. So yeah. let us know what your email address is, where you're going, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we also do sort of a congratulatory email to all graduating seniors, letting them know that they're part of this community now. Here's the link to the directory. Let us know where you're going. 
And again, we push that um, non-Loyola email. However, we also encourage that people opt in to our um, email for life um, program as well. So we kind of do either or um, for the email fit. But yeah, so we sort of done those two larger things to kind of keep them, keep them informed. Awesome. Jimmy, how about on your end? You have a, a unique position in that you work very closely with students, so you kind of have them at your fingertips in order to get that good information. T tell us what you're doing uh, at Purdue. Sure. Well, we do a couple of things. Um, I have a colleague that I work with who does young alumni relations, so as they begin to head to senior week and commencement weekend, I kind of it's almost like a football. I kind of hand them off to her, and she starts programming. But we we work together, um, starting about the last month of their senior year, to kind of conduct that transition. And one of our biggest programs that we've done for probably um, over ten years, and it's really grown, is the senior send-off. We do one in the fall and one in the spring for both uh, big graduation sessions and. Typically, our attendance has, um, for winter commencement, uh, has hovered about 500 to 550 people attending the send-off. It's a big vendor fair. They can connect with departments or businesses in the area that want to connect to graduates and young alumni. And then in the spring, we've typically had average attendance of about 1,500. Wow. And this past spring, we jumped up to 1,880 people that um, attended. We actually had about 2,200 that registered. Um, one of the things we did is we put the information on the commencement website, so we worked with our registrar's office, and that really... I'm sorry, you worked together with another office on campus, right? I know, right? Almost unheard of. Um, I love it. That's great. So that really bumped up our numbers a lot, and you know, obviously we want them to attend, but even if they don't attend, when they RSVP for the event, they have... Oh dear, Jimmy froze on us in a most in a most compromising position to freeze in. Poor uh, Jimmy, it looks like it looks like we lost Jimmy. So we'll wait for him to uh, to reload his his Google Plus, and we'll move on because I had a couple other questions for him. Doesn't that it's just Murphy's law, right? As you're in the middle of that great thing to say, Jimmy has frozen. So we'll work on getting Jimmy back up uh, to join the broadcast. And I guess I'll move over to. Um, Olivia and your and your gold board because you know a lot of schools do graduates of the last decade they have programming for young alumni we call it Generation Orange here at Syracuse University what is your gold board and how do you decide um, which alumni you know advance to the stage of being board members versus just young alumni who stay engaged yeah um, yeah so it's a board of about 30 young alumni so graduates of the last decade um, it's actually, you apply and the current board um, accepts new members. So we do have rolling admissions. So anybody who's looking to sort of give that little bit extra of their time and talent um, can sit on the board. Um, I think it originally was intentional um, to sort of roll into the National Alumni Advisory Board. Um, so it sort of gives young alumni, you know, a voice and to drive that young alumni programming. Um, I guess I come from a, a, different a different circumstance where I am a young alum, so I, I could technically put on the programming, but really it was our idea to sort of have them drive the programming. What do young alumni want? What kind of networking services do they want? And all that kind of stuff. So they sort of direct me um, in putting on some of these events and what we should ask and do and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that really helps in your messaging then too to young alumni because you know, I mean, you're hearing from them directly. That was a point Mirko made, like maybe you send the alumni newsletter before they even graduate so they see what's out there for them and it doesn't feel so, you know, scary or, or not relevant. Exactly. And it's coming from them. So it's peer-to-peer. It's, -peer. it's not the alumni relations office hounding them. It's, oh, this gold board member who's my fellow, you know, alum of the school is, you know, asking me to come out to this event or donate or whatever it might be. Um, so it's really, really successful. It makes, they're a great group, so it makes my job pretty easy with them. Um, but they do about six or seven events a year. And again, it's all driven by them. I do like the logistics for them, but it's put on by them. Um, and we're at about 30 members right now. We just elected four new members last week. Um, so we're constantly 
um, interest in joining. Um, and it's just kind of a way for us to engage that core group that wants that extra little bit. And then hopefully maybe some of them will go on to our national board, board of trustees, whatever it might be, um, and continue that leadership role. So it's a, it's a great, great group. And one of you, well, first of all, welcome back, Jimmy. Jimmy's with us again. Here Sorry he is. about that. We'll, uh, we'll go back to you and have you finish what you were saying. You, poor thing, you froze like in that moment. and um, But now you're back. You're back up with us, which is great. Well, I was happy to share that picture with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, as I was saying, um, what, you know, we want them to attend the senior send-off. Obviously, you know, having good attendance is great. But um, the, the best thing is when they register, they have to give us their non-Purdue email address and the address, their physical address if they know it of where they're going to be moving. And so... Oh. Um, this past spring, we got over 2,000 people to give us a, you know, an updated email address, which was really huge for us. Wow. Um, I spoke about how we partnered with the registrar to put the information on the commencement website. The second partnership is we get with our career services office. We have them attend our senior send-off, which helps them um, connect with some seniors and do a postgraduate survey on where they're going and how much they're making, who they're working for. And we, we don't so much care about, you know, how much you're making and who you're working for, but we want your contact information. So Career Services shares that information um, with us after they contact the entire class. They'll work um, for spring graduation. They'll work until about January to contact by phone each class member and then get that updated information, and then sh they'll share that with us. And then a third thing we do to kind of get them engaged in the new community they're moving in is we'll connect with our clubs in the, in the different areas we have. We have about 65 very um, active clubs around the country. And we'll have, we're trying to encourage them to host sort of, um, you know, welcome to your city events so yep. they can welcome those new graduates and get them engaged in club activities. Do you find, and, and this kind of goes to Olivia as well, in terms of those events, and, and Mirko, you mentioned them too, that you see a lot of schools hosting these welcome to your city events. In this day and age of being able to tell everything you really need to know about your city through Facebook groups or events that are created or you know the, the online component that so many of our seniors are used to, how do you com convince them to go to in-person events? Does it need a lot of convincing and, and what events are the most popular? And I guess we'll start with Olivia because you were talking about your gold board and the events that they suggest. So. What works to get them out? Because we've tried networking events in some cities, and we've literally stared at each other and heard crickets because nobody shows. So what's the what's the secret sauce to uh, to encouraging new grads to find their alumni community in their new city? So we do um, two events that we actually invite graduating seniors to. So our young alumni, our graduates of the last decade board, put on these two networking um, night events per year, and we invite, like I said, graduating seniors only. Um, they're at a bar setting, so it has to be over 21 and all that kind of stuff. Um, and those events, I think, have really put us on the map um, because seniors talk about those and say, oh, yeah, I went to this Young Alumni event. It was put on by, you know, the Young Alumni Board, and it was at this cool bar in Chicago, and it was a panel of career changers or making, you know, big moves across the country, whatever it might be. They're always um, topics that are relevant to graduating seniors as well as young alumni. Okay. Um, and so I think those have sort of put young alumni events in general on the map. Um, in terms of like our Rambler clubs, which are our regional clubs across the country, we don't do a like welcome to this or that. Um, and I don't think we do that well. I think we don't get many young alums at those sorts of events across the country. It's more okay. so um, sort of that same core group that's meeting every time and maybe, you know, a handful of new people who have come out. Um, so I don't think we've done that super well um, regionally. I think we can do a better job at that. But um, in terms of like events here at Chica in Chicago, Surprisingly, even with everything else going on, um, we do get young alumni at these events, and I think it maybe has something to do with the board um, driving the content of these events because it's you know it's a draw to people. Right. So, do you mean any thoughts on that? Because again, you're so in involved in the student side of things. Thoughts on what's enticing for them to attend? Sure. Uh, I talked with our club director and. 
both of us got together and we decided, you know, we don't want to do that typical event where it's at a bar and it's a game watch or, you know, something like that. We want to make this more of a an event geared toward young professionals and especially those young professionals who are moving to an area for the first time. So we talked about, you know, what could we do that's more, uh, you know, that's a little bit more engaging for young professionals, but also can still engage those alums that would attend to see those young professionals. And so something we did with our Washington, D.C. club is uh, we have a connection with C-SPAN through one of our alums, oh, and cool. he got us, uh, <clears throat> we were able to get a specialized tour of C-SPAN, and then we did a networking reception at a local restaurant after the event. So it just wasn't meet up at a bar and meet some people. It was, you know, learn about, you know, uh, you know a cool place in your new city, and then we can go and enjoy each other's company over some, you know, cocktails and snacks. So that's awesome, Mirko. Anything you've seen schools? I know you work with several who do those, you know, class-focused events in that that first few months out of graduation. Anything you've seen that's been particularly successful or particularly dreadful that you wouldn't suggest that schools do? Uh, any thoughts on your side of things? Sure. So I think a couple of things have already been talked about. So it has to be something that's interesting to the to recent alumni, right? So first of all, getting their feedback is going to be beneficial, uh, and making sure that's something actually something they're interested in. Just having a networking event and calling it networking, I, I haven't seen work as well over the last few years. I think that not that people aren't interested in networking, but there's so many other places to network and other ways to network. So setting your events apart a little bit, I think, is beneficial. And then getting that core audience and engaging your volunteers and reaching out to recent grads. So one of the things that several of the, the institutions that we work with do is, first of all, they're collecting that contact information for new grads so they know where they're moving to. Right. And then if they do have regional chapters, they'll actually have the chapter president or one of the chapter volunteers reach out to the new grads via email or in the next e-newsletter that they send, they'll have a little section that's focused on that regional chapter. I mean, there are any number of ways to, to work with that, mm -hmm. but immediately that recent grad feels connected because now you're tailoring your message to them based on what you already know about them. And if you can have that personal contact with a volunteer in that area, even better, right? Or even just adding them to the list, to the regional club communication list, anything like that I think will help yeah. Uh, to get them engaged early on. I just want to remind folks, as I see a couple tweets coming through, that if you do have anything that your schools are doing that you think we can all learn from, if you have any questions for Olivia or for Jimmy or for Mirko uh, about what we're talking about on today's episode, you can tweet those using the hashtag HigherEdLive. Danielle just made a note of, you know, what what is the drop-off rate at our institutions for those school email addresses? I know we held a senior study break event where we invited them to our alumni house. We gave them the most comfort food I've ever seen in my life. Um, as they were, were right next door to the library, so it was convenient. And we gathered information at that. And 9 out of 10 gave us their syr.edu email. And, and I said, well, how about a Gmail? Will you use that? And they said, no, like I'll just, I'll just keep using Syracuse. Like you made that point, Mirko, there's a good chance that three weeks from now they're going to forget about that Syracuse email address. So what is that drop-off rate, and, and why don't these students take advantage of email for life? You know, And is there something we could be doing to promote more our institutional email addresses, and then we wouldn't have to worry about you know, Gmail and Yahoo and Hotmail and every other service provider? I guess I just toss that out to all of you. So I can jump in first, and then you guys can go from there. I think Olivia made a key point. Is I believe they have an opt-in email for life option, whereas a lot of schools that I work with automatically roll all students into that alumni email account. And I think that's really where it becomes a challenge, because it just continues to exist. But we haven't asked the students whether they'll continue to use that. So then it goes into your offline database as their only email address. Uh, to your point, Kim, about Gmail and them saying they'll keep using the, the SYU email address. I do think it's obviously student-specific, but I think if they, when they start at your institution, they're already going to have a Gmail address or some other email address, right? So usually, from what I see, that's the one that they continue to use throughout their time on campus and then will even use after. Um, certainly, some will keep using it, but I think the key thing here is not 
trying not to automatically roll everybody to the Alumni for Life email address. And if you do do that, make sure that you work with your IT team that those email addresses get turned off at some point if somebody's not logging into them. So at a previous institution, for us, it was after one year of not being used, they would be inactivated, which meant we in the office could see, OK, these are no longer valid email addresses. We can proactively contact the, the students, or the alumni, I should say, and try to get a better email address. Some of the schools I work with, they just continue to stay active for years and years. And after five years, they haven't ever used that email address, and it's the only email address you have. So just some things to think about internally in terms of processes and procedures as well. Yeah, Jimmy, I imagine, and I wanted, oh, sorry, Olivia, go ahead. I was just, just kidding. Say, Your turn. That's a very good point, because that was something that we had to kind of go through in our minds, too, of when do we cut that off. Um, and I, I want to say we gave them a pretty short deadline, and it's like three months or something after they graduate. If they haven't opted in, it's gone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jimmy, any thoughts on that before I go into another another question, just on the email address, do you see like most students just say use my Purdue one or are they changing over? You were asking them for non-Purdue, right? Yes, we asked for their non-Purdue because actually Purdue doesn't, it, your email address automatically expires after six months so there's no option to continue with your Purdue.edu address. We are looking into the option of having a life email. Uh, there are some of our alums who contact us um, each year asking for that option. Um, but, I, but I also think it's a good point uh, with Mirko saying is that they're coming into college with a Gmail account or you know, some other email account already. So you know, I'm not really sure if we'll know or you know, what assessment we can use to see if they would use a, a university email for life. Um, but as of right now, they don't have that option. All right, so let's jump back to PACE, which I mentioned. Am I PACE correct, or is it PASE? Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about PACE, um, which is the Purdue Alumni Student Experience. And I know many schools are, are experimenting with the whole concept of a student alumni association. So talk to me about what, what that is and how you grew it or your team grew it to be it's the largest student org at Purdue, which congratulations, that's awesome. Um, how do you encourage students to be part of that? Sure. Um, well, just a little bit of history. We, <clears throat> about 15 years ago, we probably had a similar model to a lot of other alumni offices across the country. We had a student ambassador model. They volunteered for us and, you know, helped in, engage some students at our events. And then about 2005, we decided to create a paid student alumni organization called PACE. And it was $25 a year or $80 for four years. And you got different benefits. You got a t-shirt and a glass every year and a membership card for your discounts. Uh, four of your members got a fleece jacket. And those benefits uh, and discounts still continue today. Um, and we've actually just switched the model to you pay $80 and you're a member for your entire undergraduate career. Um, our membership numbers showed us that um, upwards of 90% of members chose the four-year um, membership deal anyway. So for you know, it made things easier on our end. But it was also it's a better deal for the student. They get their benefits throughout their entire undergraduate career. And one of our biggest benefits is 10% off textbooks at one of the local bookstores wow. at Follett's. And so that's a really big money saver uh, considering how expensive textbooks are. But the second biggest selling point is something we're trying to make. The first is uh, networking events with alumni. Um, students and especially their parents, they come in, they want their students to have a leg up. Students want a leg up uh, for after they graduate. So when they hear they can come to networking and social events with alumni, um, that and the textbook discount, it seals the deal. Um, they want to be able to know they can form a relationship with another Boilermaker out there who could potentially help them maybe secure an internship or a job um, or just be a good connection for the future. So, um, excuse me. So it's a it's a going strong for 11 years now, and we we kind of crossed that tipping point a couple of years ago to where uh, we have parents who have multiple kids going to Purdue, so their kids get here and and say, hey, my older brother or sister had pace, so I want to be a member. Um, so it, you know, it grew every year. Uh, we've been involved with our orientation office too, so we go to the information fairs. Uh, for each day on campus in the summer. So for about 30 days in a row, 
we're up at 7 a.m. welcoming new students and their families and oh. soliciting, yeah, soliciting memberships. If anybody wants to join me, I start that in three weeks. Um, that sounds spectacular. We're all going out to see you. Exactly. So we're, um, we're emailing students. Uh, now we actually email them a week after acceptance day and uh, get them to purchase a membership online. And uh, then during their orientation session over the summer, we're doing face-to-face -face sales as well. So um, it, it's an all-encompassing approach. And like I said, that 10% uh, textbook deal and the networking events uh, that we uh, discussed with them, that seals the deal. And um, it, it's nice because there's also a leadership component too. So we have a student board of directors. There's about 30 of them that I work with directly. And together we plan all the events and programs for the year. I think that's so important because, you know, going through our commencement, so many of the students were like, no, I don't, stop, stop using that word, I don't want to hear it. But if you have this student org and it's student to student talking about, you know, what it's like to be an alum, the perks you receive when you are an alum, it makes that transition seamless, I would think, right? Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's very easy to get them on board with, you know, just even talking about the networking because they know even as freshmen they're going to need a leg up over their peers. Um, and then we find that a lot of our PACE members, especially the ones that join the uh, board of directors, um, those are going to be our club leaders in the future. So, you know, it's important to spend time developing them. You know, we view it as we're developing good, good students to have or to develop good alumni. I love it. I just want to give a shout out to, to Matt who tweeted, Matt Fenstermaker, Matt Fen12, uh, he just tweeted us a link about what the Ohio State University does. It's a really neat map. I just retweeted it, so it's on the Higher Ed Live uh, hashtag. And it's a neat map where graduating students put pins or will be, it doesn't look like any are placed yet unless my tool is not functioning properly could be because I'm not in Chrome, um, where they put pins on the map to show where they're heading. And in order to place your pin, you need to provide your email address. So that's kind of another way of the school gets the back-end data and the students get to see where their fellow seniors, where their friends are going. I think that's a neat idea as well. Mirko, do you see many schools doing that whole plant your flag? I know we called it at, that at SU several years ago, the, the whole map concept. Have you seen any of that, or that's kind of new, new on your end? I can think of a couple of schools that are taking that type of approach. Uh, and I mean, you can do it any number of different ways, right? It can be this online map, or uh, I've even seen some places on campus where they have students do that as part of senior week programming, for example, or something like that, where they actually have a, a paper or some kind of map where they just stick a pin in the map um, on campus. So uh, yeah, not a ton of schools, I would say, but, but definitely some. Nice. So we focused a lot on email as a tool to keep the students engaged, the new, our new student graduates, our seniors, our new members of our alumni family. What are some other ways, um, Olivia and Jimmy, that you've maintained that connection? I, I imagine with the gold board, Olivia, that you're using other tools to get the word out about your programming. So what are some of those tools and, and where have you seen the successes? Well, to um to current seniors or graduating seniors, um, like I said, we only do that one email um, and then post it on our website for those who might be interested in the board. Um, but in terms of like our young alumni programming events and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. we, we, we pretty much do the standard. I think we do the email communications, we do the social media pushes, and then the gold board is actually um, responsible for that peer-to-peer -peer marketing um, and so they really um, are instrumental in posting on their Facebooks and Instagrams and social media and all that um, about these events. Um, we we don't have, to be honest, our young alumni programming is, I would, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but like it's pretty <laughs> successful. Um, we don't really have to reach too far. Um, okay. I think people that stay in the city, stay connected. Um, I think we lose a little bit when people move out of the city. Um, but if they're living in Chicago, um, half the time they're living at their parents' house still and they're looking to, you know, get out and network and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, we pretty much do the, the basic um, promotions for our events. I will say, I mean, for current seniors or graduating seniors, 
Um, this year we've done a lot more like tabling. Um, so we're at um, all like the senior events and senior week just um, not too pushy, um, but there if they want to talk. Um, so we're sort of still finding that balance with um, we're alumni relations. You haven't even graduated yet, but here's what we can offer you. Um, so we've sort of done that like kind of seated back tabling where if you want to come chat and hear what we have to offer, you can come, but we won't be in your face. Um, and so we've done a little bit of that throughout the year at various um, senior events. Um, so working again, I guess with campus partners, we've gotten a lot of buy-in only this really last year um, and sort of making other campus partners understand that um, we won't be there asking for money. We're just there to say, this is what we offer you, update your information, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we've gotten a lot of buy-in from um, those partners, which has been awesome for us. Well, you went there to the we won't ask you for money statement. Um, so I will bring that up because so many of us now are facing that pressure of participation rates, of getting alumni engaged, not only from attending those career, those networking events, you know, coming in person, but also thinking about staying engaged financially. So for Jimia, Jimia, uh, just, I just married the two of you together. For Jimmy or Olivia, uh, any experience? Um, on the, the fundraising side of things, Jimmy, we'll start with you um, with Pace, and then and then Olivia, move over to Gold, and then Mirko, what you've seen um, other schools doing in terms of getting that fundraising message out early on in a new graduate's career. Jimmy, any thoughts on that? Sure. Um, well, we're very fortunate here at Purdue Alumni Association to not have to dabble in any of the fundraising. Um, it might change in the future, but as of right now, the only money we're going to ask you for is your membership fee. Um, for students, uh, now that's $80 when they're freshmen or you know whenever, and they can join and, and be a member of their entire undergraduate career. Uh, for our members, it's $25, or excuse me, it's $50 a year, and we have a lot of promotions that go on, and, and so you can, you can do $50 a year or $1,000 for a lifetime, and like I said, we have a lot of uh, promos that go on throughout the year that will make that cheaper. So um, it, it's still difficult, though, because knowing that we work with alumni, they are still cautious to uh, communicate with us too much because it, just knowing institutions, when they hear that we're going to contact them, they automatically assume that it's going to be for money. And so we try to tell them that we're only interested in contacting them to engage them at, at our different events and share information with them. And then we have a separate uh, foundation for Purdue that focuses on the fundraising. Interesting. Olivia, is that the same story um, at Loyola University of Chicago or a little different on your end? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I would consider myself fortunate for not having to do some of that stuff. Um, but we do, um, we do the senior class gift, which we sort of get involved in a little yep. bit to spark that interest of giving. Um, but after that, um, we don't really ask at all. Our, um, our office, I guess, is a little bit different. We don't have any dues. Our alumni association is um, not dues paying. Our boards, um, our young alumni board is not fiscally responsible to give any sort of monetary donation um, each year. Um, and so we've sort of gone back and forth on that. Um, just trying to find the right balance, but um, we're sort of in a place right now where um, we are really asking for time and talent of our young alumni. So um, come help at a service event, come out to a networking event, sit on a panel, um, sit on one of our boards. Um, so different ways that we can get them involved. And like I said, we're using that time and talent model, not your money. Um, and then you know, in this sort of background, we always mention that, you know, eventually down the line, maybe it's possible that you um, are able to give or give back. Um, so we, we try to create that culture just in conversation, but not necessarily in um, straightforward asks. Um, we do at our events, um, and again, we've gone back and forth with this, um, do a um, included donation to student scholarships okay. uh, to sort of start that. Uh, idea of, hey, I'm going to this event, but I'm also giving $5 to student scholarships. Again, we took it away for a while because we felt like it was forced fundraising and it kind of affected our numbers a little bit. Um, we've sort of brought it back with the option, the option to opt in or out. 
um, but still having it present on that registration site. So we, we've kind of been all over the place a little bit with how we ask or where we place it. But um, in our office, it's all soft asks or More just time time to focus. Mirko, you brought up the good point of commencement season being a time to connect your younger grads with your older alumni to start to have them realize the importance of giving back from all three, time, talent, and treasure. So can you talk about, you know, a little bit about that and then what you're seeing from other schools? Sure. So I think one of the key things is a senior class giving program uh, and having that because that's that first step of education, right? Uh, Another element, just speaking of their student experience, uh, which we've started to see more and more philanthropy days on campus or something similar, where schools are highlighting the benefits of philanthropy. So there's one school that put bows on different parts of their campus uh, on a certain day of the year, and that was the day that uh, philanthropy started paying for a student's education on the campus. Right? Because we all know that it depends on school, but three quarters through the year or something, it's donor dollars that really cover the rest of the education. So by making that clear and having bows all over campus and stuff, that starts to educate students about the benefits of philanthropy and, hey, this is really helping me. So I think a lot of it is about education while they're a student uh, and as much as you can do that because you have a captive audience there. Uh, the other element is to think about your communication process with the students that just graduated. So the last thing you want to have happen is that the first email they get from you is a solicitation, right? Which I think may happen at some schools and you just don't think about it, right? It's all of a sudden they're in your database, they get they get passed to your online community database or your email list and they just get added to this solicitation that's going out to everybody without having a, a series of more alumni-oriented communications. So I think it's critical that schools look at that communication plan as a group, so with the annual fund team, with the alumni team, and map out, okay, the first, let's say, three emails will come from alumni, or the first three months it's going to be alumni newsletters, regional chapter, welcome to the alumni association, whatever it may be. And they, then we may start getting that giving message in or having them receive one solicitation. But again, the more uh, schools can put themselves in the mindset of the student or the recent grad and how they're going to approach that or, or view that, the better. Uh, and then I do want to circle back to your part of your original question is bringing alumni together. So bringing the older alumni together with students or with recent grads, I think it's, it's beneficial. I mean, your older alumni have a wealth of experience, but they are likely also ones who give back to the institution. So it doesn't have to be a, a hard message, right? But but it's just part of the thing that comes up in conversation. And uh, every opportunity, just talking about why giving helps. Not necessarily, to Olivia's point, that hard ask, but hey, did you know that because of alumni support, these are the benefits you have? Or the scholarship ask, or things like that. Just again, to raise awareness of, of young alumni. Uh, the other thing where it helps bringing older alumni together with recent grads I've found just talking to schools is that older grads remember their time on campus and it actually makes them more likely to support the institution, right? Because they're starting to think about their memories and you connect them to the, the students of today and what's happening at the institution today. There's a side benefit to that as well. No, I definitely, definitely agree with the connecting of them together. And I want to make sure we have a little time as I look at the time, and it's 1.45. Wow. Um, just talking about, I know, Jimmy, you said you've got some new programs, new things coming down the line. So as far as thinking ahead to next year, what's what's on deck for PACE? What are you, what are you thinking about at Purdue? Could you repeat that again? Oh, sorry. Uh, the new programs and services that you're thinking about creating at PACE. Sure. Uh, well, one of the things that we're thinking about or that we've uh, done this past year is the, uh, which is separate from PACE, is the senior year experience. And that's, uh, the, the first year was a little rough in some respects with our attendance numbers at events, but other things went really well. Um, so this next year, we're kind of going to fine tune some things, look at some different locations for events. Uh, we actually talked a lot with Northwestern University, and they've got a really great program that we're going to try to um, uh, you know, that, that they've shared some information with us and we're going to try to duplicate some of what they're doing. Um, as far as pace, we're trying to kick it into high gear in a sense with more events on networking, more events on professional development, so more opportunities to um, network and meet alumni, uh, more opportunities to learn about our club program. We really want to engage the students in a way that shows them, you know, the leadership opportunities continue 
after you graduate as well. So it's a great opportunity to you know serve your community um, as a young alum and really jump into a, a pretty good uh, leadership role. Um, the other thing is we're looking at what ways um, electronically uh, can we schedule some networking events. I'm not sure who has heard of Brazen or not, yep. um, but we signed on with Brazen this past year and have seen some pretty good success with our alumni um, and we want to uh, we want to test it out with our student population. So uh, we, we did one event this past year, but um, it, it didn't pan out the way we wanted. So we're going to go back to the drawing board and see, you know, what ways can we connect can can we connect them with alumni um, electronically or over the internet uh, so, so that they can you know network but not to leave the comfort of their room. I love it. Anything else, Olivia, on your end that you're thinking about for, for gold for the coming year? Yeah, um, we actually have um, rolling out in uh, this coming year our new student alumni ambassador program. Um, so we have not had any sort of student alumni group. Um, so this mm -hmm. is brand new for us. Um, so we have about 20 um, students that are going to start with us in the fall, and then hopefully we'll bring on 10 freshmen. Um, so they're from all um, years, um, and they'll be doing a lot of work with our gold board and um, our affinity groups. Um, one of our biggest things was um, current students want to connect with alumni, and alumni want to connect with current students, and so this was kind of our um, way to solve that. Um, so they will help out at our events. They'll sort of be our soldiers on the ground for um, promoting what alumni relations does and what it means um, and how students can can and should um, be networking and talking with alumni and how they can sort of utilize that. Um, so that takes off in the fall. So we're excited about that. We did our interviews. We just wrapped them all up and hired our students. And um, we're going to do a big weekend um, training session this summer with them. Wow. Um, so we're really excited about that. So I think all of um, the work that I sort of do sort of plays into that and will sort of tie into um, everything that they do. Um, so I'm excited about that. That's kind of our big um, thing for next year. Also our service program, which might not apply to everybody, but um, coming from a Jesuit um, university, it's a big thing that we hear from alumni all the time. How can I continue mm -hmm. to serve and um, people sort of have those sorts of opportunities after I graduate? Um, and so again, that will probably play into the student alumni ambassador role as well. Um, coming up with um, service projects um, throughout the year. We just brought back our National Day of Service, which was really big this year. Um, and so next year, I think we'll be doing a lot more of that. So those are, those are two sort of exciting things for this coming year. Well, I think there's some themes emerging from this episode, which really, the collaboration, I mean, it's, you've, it's like key, obviously, to any of our success to not, to be an alumni office that doesn't have at least uh, some sort of a partnership with your Office of Student Activities or something in Student Affairs or Career Services because, you know, they're the ones that really have these strong relationships with students. So how can we think outside the box and, and be part of more of those student-focused events and not just insert ourselves at the end of senior year at a send-off, but thinking about that. I mean, Jimmy, you mentioned from the time they're just stepping foot on campus, that from the time they're admitted, they're being welcomed into the Purdue um, alumni Student Association, or they're at least learning about it. So I think that's a, a real theme, the collaboration. And then really, your email addresses, yes, you have your institutional ones, but try as you might to try and get those ones that are not the, the institutional email address so that you really, hopefully, will stay in touch with those students for life. And then thinking about the whole student-to-student -student or alum-to-alum -alum piece of having them be the ones who are promoting your events, them being the ones who are helping um, to keep everybody engaged. Is there anything you guys think that I missed as I look at our 151 on a, on a Tuesday afternoon? Anything I didn't touch on that you think is important to share with our, our viewers this afternoon? The only thing I would mention is, uh, I just wrote a note, and this was part of what Jimmy had said, but we all have very active student leaders on our campus, and I think sometimes there's that disconnect between knowing who they are in the alumni office so that we lose them as being active once they graduate. So it goes to what you mentioned, Kim, about having good contacts with student affairs uh, and trying to identify those students while they're on campus so that they can then take on leadership roles in the alumni world because it's such a shame. Some of our most active uh, student leaders, I think, we sort of lose track of when they graduate. 
and we engage them right away. And I think there's an opportunity there for most of the schools that I work with at least. Awesome. Jimmy and Olivia, I'm, I've learned from you. I had my notes going. I was trying to type tweets too. And, and I would encourage folks to, um, to check out the Higher Ed Live hashtag. I sent out the email that we sent to all of our Class of 2016 members welcoming them to the Alumni Association. There's a couple other examples from Oregon State and Ohio State. And so please do check that out. But any, any last words, Jimmy and Olivia or Jimia? Yeah. <laughs> Great. You oh, Olivia, I'll let you go first. I don't have I don't have anything, but I think we covered a lot. We did. I would I would just end with two things. Um, and Mirko kind of touched on. I think one of the things that we need to remember is that it's just not about attending. You know, when it comes to student involvement, it's just not about the, uh, getting them to attend an event. About you know finding out ways that they can serve and and you know be a leader for your organization. Um, because I think that's that's the, at least how we view it, is that's the highest level of engagement we can have for students is when they jump up and become a leader for us. Um, and then we know that they're going to be more engaged with us uh, when they do graduate and become alumni. And then second thing I would say is making sure you stay up to date with the different communication methods students are using. Uh, one of the things we bought this past year, we worked with easy texting and purchased a plan with them. And so we have the capability to text message our students now. And so we're able to send them messages and reminders about events um, or, you know, we, we did a uh, special discount for them uh, for a local pizza uh, joint on campus. So we're, we're going to play around with, you know, what other capabilities we can use with that and what other services and programs we can offer them through that text messaging service. So just staying up to date on, you know, what the students are using to communicate. I will say, too, back to your first point, Jimmy. Um, I think something that we've sort of struggled with and are working on um, is uh, the message that we're giving to students that we want to be involved in these things. Um, letting them know that it's not just us asking for help from them, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. So what do they get out of it? Um, and I think seniors sometimes get that, but when you're working sometimes with like freshmen and sophomores and juniors, it's like, well, why? why? Why would I come to this? Or why would I be a part of this? And so we really worked on um, trying to literally like pen to paper. Here's what you can get out of this. You can make connections with alumni. You can possibly get a job or an internship or a mentor or, um, you know, so I think we've, that's important. And that was, that's what we've been working on is what is that message to students um, about why they should come, why they should be involved, why they should talk to us at all. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I appreciate all three of you taking an hour on a Tuesday afternoon right before Memorial Day weekend. Hey, to the kickoff of summer, unofficial, right? Kickoff of summer. Um, thank you. To, whoa, there goes my, there's my, I'm leaving the office to go to a Carrie Underwood concert reminder. Uh, sorry. Um, so thank you, all of you, um, for just sharing, you know, new ideas, for sharing some thoughts for all of us to start thinking about. The Jimia, Jimia again. Oh my gosh, Jimmy and Olivia and Mirko. Thank you uh, for being with us on Advancement Live. And again, thank you to iModules for making a lot of our work possible, and of course, this episode possible as well. Uh, we really appreciate you all tuning in. Make sure to check out that hashtag Higher Ed Live and enjoy that Memorial Day weekend. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>